we had a great week at CentraKid, and I um, we took the largest group we've taken in several years. Took 25 people, 20 kids, uh, third through fifth graders, and five adults. Ten boys, ten girls, nice balanced crew. And one of the things that I loved about the week is that we saw some major impact in the lives of the kids we took. Now, uh, that video shows a lot of really cool, fun stuff they do, all right? And uh, it is a great week of fun, but this year um, we also saw lots of spiritual depth put into our students. And we were excited on the way back. One of the things that I did is I sat in the bus and I left a seat beside me open. And I just talked to each child about what they learned and what they understood about Jesus because of the week. And it was amazing to hear the stories coming out of those kids. So this morning we've got two people that are going to talk to you a little bit about camp. And um, the first one's going to be an introduction to you. And the second one is uh, somebody you get to hear from his dad all the time. All right. And so we're going to start this morning with introducing you to our newest staff member. And if you remember, I told you when I got back from camp, my voice was almost gone. And I said, it's not a good week at camp if you still got your voice at the end. Well, Ellie, you've done how many cycles? 11, 12? About that many. Just got through with camp Friday. And so Ellie's voice is not um, strong. All right. But she's going to talk to us or try to talk to us. Right. And so try to talk to us a little bit about such good. I wanted her to come. I want you to see her. I want you to uh, get to know her. She's uh, the newest member of our staff as of today. We'll be working with our children's ministry, but also working in our office with church communications. And you're calling in sometimes. She'll be the voice you hear on the other end. And we are very excited about Ellie being here. And so as she comes, I want you to give her a good First Baptist Church welcome as we welcome Ellie Doom uh, to our staff. I don't get standing ovations. All right. I'm going to let Ellie tell you a little bit about just Centric Kid in general and her experience. All right. Good, good morning, everyone. Here we go. So, like Lyle said, we had a great summer. Um, so good that I did lose my voice, so bear with me. I'll try not to cough too much. Um, but it was a great summer um, where we saw lots of life-changing kids. And so our theme this summer was Reset God Redeems, as you can see on um, our shirts. And so it was all about um, God's redemption. And we learned how when we sinned, it was game over, but God sent Jesus to reset our story. So that was just the whole theme um, throughout the week. And our key verse this summer was Psalm 130, verse 7, um, which says, Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for there is faithful love with the Lord, and with him is redemption in abundance. And so the kids were just learning about God's faithful love and his redemption that comes through Jesus, and it was awesome. So each day we had daily themes that we would learn. And the first day was God reaches down to us. And so that was about um, the Bible story that we kind of touched on was Adam and Eve and how when they sinned, um, they were separated from God and they needed God to reach down to them because they couldn't get to him on their own. And then we connected that back to our lives and how we can't get to God on our own because of our sin. And so that's what we covered the very first day they got there, um, just a few hours after they got there. Then day two was all about how God rescues from captivity. And we looked at the Israelites and how they were in captivity for 430 years to the Egyptians. And then um, how we connected back to our lives and how we're in captivity to sin. And how we need God to rescue us like he rescued the um, Israelites from the Egyptians. 
So we went over that throughout the whole day. Day three was God reconciles through Jesus. And so we just got to talk about Jesus all day that day. We talked about his life, death, and resurrection and and what that means to us and how that reconciles us to him and how um, we can't get to God without him and without everything that he did and who he is. And so um, it was awesome just getting to really spend the whole day talking about him and, and all that that means to us and how important he is to us. And then day four was God restores for a purpose. And so this was about the paralytic man um, who was healed, um, who Jesus healed physically and then healed um, him from his sins as well. And so we just talked about how he wasn't healed just to be healed, but he was healed um, so that he could go and tell others about Jesus. And We really touched on what that means for us, how we can do that too, and how um, once we're restored and once we're saved, um, it doesn't end there, but we continue sharing um, God's love with others. And then day five was God reaches out through us. So day one was God reaches down to us. Then day five was God reaches out through us. So that just kind of wrapped up the whole week um, about how I just, we've been reached down to and we've been redeemed. We've been restored and rescued. Um, and now it's our turn to reach out to others and um, to, to share God's love with them. And so it was an awesome summer of camp, awesome truths that we got to talk about. Um, I had a blast throughout the whole time um, seeing kids really get God's redemption and start to understand his faithful love. Um, and so it was awesome, and I really look forward to kind of bringing that back here and um, continuing on and learning about God's redemption with the kids here. All right, now uh, Eli's going to come. This is Eli's third year, and uh, Eli is officially a middle schooler. And Eli hasn't told me what he's going to say, and that makes a dad a little nervous, all right? But Eli's had three great summers of Century Kid, and I asked him to share a little bit about his time, all right? Okay, Century Kid. The first thing you do at Century Kid is you go to worship in the morning. Well, actually, you eat breakfast, and then you go. Um, and worship, after worship, you go to um, you go to small groups with a group of people that aren't really from your church group. It's just a bunch of different church groups in one. And then after, and then we talk about what the daily theme is for that day. And then... After that, we go to rec, recreation. It's where they have games, and it's a lot of fun. They have different games each day, and you can play like we did, um, like tag and all that stuff. And then after that is lunch. Yeah, my favorite. And then after lunch, I we did, um, I think we went back to our, we went to track times. We went to track times. And track times is things that you choose that you get to do. That's just fun things. Like I did archery. You can do volleyball. You can do soccer. You can do football. You can. They have one called No Boys Allowed, which I'm. I don't know why they put that there. And then, after that, they put. I think it's 
And then I think we went back to our small groups. And then I think it was dinner. And then we went to afternoon worship, which was just wrapping up the day, getting back to our church groups. And then we go to, with our church groups, we go and we have a little devotional at the end of the day, and it's pretty fun. So that's your original day at Centricid. It's your day at Centricid. Good job. We had a a great week, and and we're going to see the fruit of that week over many, many weeks. Uh, This afternoon, or this afternoon, a little later this morning, we're actually going to um, baptize somebody that was a part of Centric Kid. They've been thinking about it for a little while. And Madeline, we're going to baptize her in the 1030 service. We have several that also want to be baptized, but couldn't get parents or grandparents here today. So in the next few weeks, we're going to have several more baptisms. Many of those Center Kid and Vacation Bible School from this year really were the center point of what kind of led them to that decision. And so it was a great week. I want to thank you as a church body for your prayer support and for your support and these kids going. It is always a big endeavor to take 20 kids four hours away and spend a week with them. Uh, the Lord really provided us with great kids who didn't complain, but also with a great spirit to learn about Jesus. And so uh, it's been a great summer for our kids. We look forward to what Ellie is going to bring as she comes under the leadership of the Lord to our kids' ministry. And we're so excited about that. And so that's a report from our Center Kid. And now Jeff's going to come and talk about the youth this summer. We did, a, we did just a few things this summer. As a youth group, uh, and if you're a youth parent, you know that is a drastic understatement. Um, our student ministry was busy from basically the last day of school last year up until almost the first day of school this year. We, we tried to stay busy. Uh, we've got a, a wild and crazy crew here that likes to hang out together and be together. And so um, as much fun as we have together, we also spent a lot of time this summer ministering alongside of each other. Um, I found in my years of growing up in church and and going through student ministry, uh, my youth group friends seemed to stay my friends for years to come. And I think it was because we did more than just have fun together. We served and we grew alongside of each other. And so that's what we're trying to create and foster here at First Baptist. Um, and we start that at the very beginning of the summer um, with an event that we call G-Fuge. And uh, G-Fuge, we partner that with Vacation Bible School, and hopefully several of you of you in here know what G-Fuge is, because hopefully several of you in here have been the benefits of, a, or have seen the benefits of a G-Fuge team coming to your house and doing work. Um, it basically, when our students get done with Vacation Bible School in the morning, we send them out uh, on work teams with um, some trained, skilled uh, deacons and older, uh, guys in our church that can make sure that none of them hurt themselves with yard utensils. Um, but we send them out and to different, uh, places around, uh, the community to serve and to help out there. And what a lot of folks don't know is that at the, at G-Fuge, at the end of each night, uh, at the end of each work day, we let them go home and grab a bite to eat and shower, but then we come back here each night during the week for a time of worship. Um, and so it's not just a week where we 
um, work hard and, and do yard work, but it's a week that we, we work hard and we talk about what it means to be a servant. We talk about what um, type of example Jesus gave us in Scripture of being a servant leader. And uh, we really try to make that an impactful start of the summer this year. And so we've got a couple students. We've got one student that's going to come and share about G-Fusion. Now, here's the deal. We've got several students this morning that don't normally do this. They don't normally get up in front of a group of people and share. So what I'm going to need for you to do is I'm going to need you to smile at them. Okay? I get it. Some of you guys don't like to smile at me. I'm okay with that. After five years, I'm used to it. I know it's out of love, okay? These guys may not know you as well as I do, so I'm going to need you. If you think that they're looking at you, smile at them real quick, okay? That makes it a lot easier than the grumpy stare, okay? Don't give them that, all right? So um, Sarah Galbraith is going to come and is going to share with us for just a second about uh, center, or about, not about centrifuge, about G-Fuge. If you know Sarah... This is way out of her comfort zone, so we're proud of her for coming to share this morning. Okay, well, my name is Sarah Galbraith, and this year I'm a junior at East Sigmund High School. And um, this, um, at G-Fuge, yeah, I don't know what I'm saying, um, there was the night worship. And... One thing that really stuck out to me during the night worship is something that Jeff did. He um, he told us that when we have a physical action to go along with an emotional decision, that it kind of makes that more impactful. And um, one of the things he did is he made us hold our hands out and think of something that God had wanted us to kind of give up to him. And the thing that stuck out in my mind that he was going through a list of was control. And I realized that I always try to control everything in my life. And I realized that I don't need to try to control everything. And I realized that God gave me a story and he gave me past that no one else has and he gave me a relationship with him so that I can go out and I can affect other people and um, when I'm not letting God have control I'm my story is not really useful so yeah I guess that's it So that's how we start our summer. Uh, so uh, from there, we went to what I still think was the bravest trip we took all year. And that was a trip to Centrifuge, uh, where myself and two brave gentlemen, Mark Clawson, Josh McMillan, took nine middle school boys for a week to camp. Um, let me tell you about some of the victories from that trip. They were never late. One time, victory. They took showers every day, rather in the morning or in the evening, all nine of them, victory. Okay? And most of them came home with 90% of the things they took to camp with them the first time. Victory. Okay? If anybody knows Mason Harris, they know that is 
a miracle in and of itself. Um, we don't have a, a cool picture up here of our group because trying to get nine middle school boys to stop and pause for a picture. And then by the time you get it taken, one of them is over here, like beating the other one up out of, and we didn't want that on camera. Um, we kind of leave that at camp. So, so we didn't bring you those, but, uh, it, it was a good week. We went to a middle school only week, um, at Carson Newman College over in East Tennessee. And, uh, it, it was a great week because we love Center Kid and we love, uh, our mission trip to Los Angeles. But a lot of you guys know, those sixth, seventh, eighth grade years, those are formative years. You make a lot of decisions in those three years about kind of who you're going to be and, and you kind of start figuring out who and how God has designed you. And we think it's important in those years to really connect our students with some discipleship and to connect our students with some other teenagers going through that same, um, fun stage in life. Um, so we went to a middle school only week this year at Centrifuge. And uh, it was a great week. Some of these guys, we have three of them that were brave enough to get up for the early service this morning. Um, so we are going to give them some type of, we'll give them two donuts upstairs instead of one. Um, and they're like excited about that. Like, yes, score. Um, but uh, our theme this year was B, B-E. And uh, talked about just being real and being true and authentic in our faith in Christ. And um, there's one thing you guys... It, if you remember back to your days, it's hard to be a, a Christ follower when you're a teenager. Um, we, we think it shouldn't be. As we look back, we think, man, I, I tell them all the time, man, I think back to my teenage years and I think about all the opportunities I had and how much easier life was when you're a teenager. You don't have bills. You don't have responsibilities. It's awesome. Love it. And we think it should be really easy, but it's really tough um, to be a follower of Christ and to be a teenager right now. Um, as you guys know, as our world continues to go, culture continues to shift, and they make it harder and harder and harder. So we're proud of these guys. These guys chose to give up a week of their summer to go and invest in Bible study, invest in worship, invest in um, church group devotion time. It's fun to try to get nine guys all in a room and talk about one topic. Um, Church group devotions were interesting, to say the least. Um, but we had a great week with these guys. We're excited about what we're seeing God do in their lives. Um, and we're looking forward to uh, having them for the next uh, seven years. It's longer every time you say it. Uh, we're excited about having them in our ministry for the next little while. So, um, But we had a great week at Centerfuge. And then we kind of capped off our summer um, with our... Uh, mission to Los Angeles. And a lot of you guys are very aware of that trip. A lot of you have um, supported us in immense ways to make that possible. Just so you know, through the fundraising of our church, um, this this trip cost each of our students about $500 to fly to Los Angeles, stay in Los Angeles, work in Los Angeles, and come back. All told, it was about a $1,500 trip. Our church we raised about $17,000 um, to help. And I, that our students did some work and did a lot of things, but, but the lion's share of that came from the generosity of you as a church, your willingness to come eat, come get your car washed, come support us at the youth auction. So uh, we have a very thankful group of students um, down here, a very thankful group of parents of students uh, of our church family. So first I want to make sure you know that we appreciate you and what you did. Um, we're going to show you a quick video um, that kind of, sh- here's the thing. We had some people that said, boy, we saw those pictures you guys posted from Los Angeles, and it sure looked like you guys were having a lot of fun out there. 
Yes, we did. And here's the other thing. When you're doing ministry, guess what you're not doing? You're not taking pictures. When our kids are out knocking door to door and telling people about a new church or knocking door to door and trying to invite folks to a new Bible study, we don't have somebody follow them around snapping shots. We don't need a, we don't need a, a staff photographer. We're all going door to door knocking. So if you say, well, why didn't we see a lot of pictures of ministry? Because we were doing ministry. We weren't taking pictures. Okay. We take pictures when we kind of have some downtime. So you're going to see some of the video, just some of the fun and kind of downtime we had. But then we've got four students who are going to come and share with you about the ministry that took place in LA. There's, there's a lot of stories that we could come and share with you about Los Angeles. Um, just want to, Give you a quick couple of things, and then I'm going to let the students share. Um, it was a very unique trip because each one of our students had a chance to work with at least five different missionaries, um, at least five different church planners. We we worked in um, all over um, uh, northwestern Los Angeles County. Uh, we're plugged in a lot of areas over there, um, and it, it, it's a rare treat for your student ministry to be able to partner with four or five or six different missionaries during one week. They got to see what ministry looked like in a lot of different places. And uh, one of the most impactful things for me was on the very first, the second day we were there, we arrived on Saturday and on Sunday morning, we went and worshiped at Mosaic Church down right on Hollywood Boulevard. We went there for worship and uh, there's a a guy there that's a pastor of the church named Erwin McManus and Erwin is a well-known author and, and communicator and that morning, I think he, uh, that message was ordained for us to be there. Um, because his message that morning was entitled Spontaneous Jesus. And his whole message was about this idea of being ready to be Jesus at any moment. He said, you know, a lot of times Christians, we're ready to be Jesus on Sunday morning. We're ready to, to be the hands and feet of Jesus uh, on Wednesday night. He said, but being ready to be Jesus any time that the Lord brings somebody in your way and brings them into your path. Um, Lyle's been talking about that the last couple of weeks with his Change the World series. But that morning, it, it was a challenge for us just to be ready to serve the Lord throughout the week whenever opportunities arose. And they kind of popped up all over the place. And so we've got a couple of students who are going to come and share this morning. Um, they're going to give you the... Cliff Note summary version, two, three minutes at tops, um, so we can get you to Sunday school on time. I know some of you are like, mm-hmm. okay. Um, so first up, Matt Donahoe is going to come and share a couple of things with us. Good morning. Uh, my name is Matthew Donahoe. I'm a senior at Merrill Hyde this year, and uh, I was very graciously given the opportunity to go on this mission trip. Um, this trip was really an eye-opener for me. On the plane ride to California, I kind of had really bad expectations. I was really expecting the worst from California. I was thinking it would just be a big desert. It was uh, dry and hot with nothing really interesting in it. And uh, more importantly, I was expecting the people to be really cold and mean and not really have time to hear what I had to say. But uh, I couldn't have been more wrong. The actual land of California, it was beautiful. There was uh, I can't even describe it. It was such a beautiful place. The, uh, the scenery was so pretty. And uh, more importantly, the people were just as beautiful. I was expecting a lot of, uh, you know, weird groups of people in California. And uh, a lot of things I'm not used to seeing here in Tennessee. But they were just normal people. And uh, I usually don't like traveling out of the southern states because, you know, city folk are really mean and they don't have time for me. But 
I actually felt like I was at home in California. The people there were all so nice and warm, and they had time to hear what I had to say. It was, um, we were giving surveys one day. We were just knocking on people's houses in the middle of the day when they should be at work and just asking if they had time for a survey. And to my surprise, just about every single person we went to had time to not only listen to our survey, but actually give their input. People were so eager to actually give their two cents about what we had to say and listen to what we had to say. And that just really surprised me. And I was very thankful to God that he gave us the opportunity to go and do what we did. And I genuinely believe that God worked through us on that mission trip. And I think that we made a big difference while we were there. Thank you. This is Marley. Marley Carpenter is going to come share. Sorry, I couldn't see Hi, I'm Marley Carpenter, and I'm a senior at Greenbrier High School. And I got the opportunity this summer to go to Los Angeles with the youth group. And I've been on mission trips before. I have been to Lynch, Kentucky, and I've been to New York. And um, I've never felt more called to go back to somewhere than I do Los Angeles. And um, sorry, I'm silently freaking out. Um, our first day there, we were passing out gum and flyers, and I was just thinking, what am I doing passing out gum and flyers? How is this going to help me at all? And, um, so we got towards the end where we were waiting for Jeff to pick us up, and Kate and I had passed out most of our gum, and Callie and Allie had not (laughs) and we were waiting on a street corner and there was this little philippian guy that came up to us and bless his heart he did not speak english very well at all (laughs) and um i handed him a pack of gum and a flyer and from what i could make out that he was saying because it was broken english he said i'm so glad that there are people here like you because the Christians in my country are not nice to us. They don't like us. They hate us. And I'm glad that you're here to show love because not all Christians do is basically the gist of what he said. And um, the reason I feel called back to go to, called to go back to California is that you see all these pictures of little crying kids on commercials that need you to go and help them and I realize that they need help but there are people that are my age that have just been turned off by Christianity and I can't imagine going through life hating God so and I don't want people to hate God (laughs) so um, when I got back I just prayed I was like God, if I did anything, I pray that I planted one seed this week in someone that has been turned off by Christianity. <laughs> so. Hey, 
As I said, most of our students had a chance to work with at least four or five different missionaries this week, and Savannah and a crew had a really unique opportunity. They got to spend the day. Um, one of the things that we did is uh, not only did we help spread the word and plant seeds for churches, but we also were trying to do our best to be an uh, uh, encouragement to some of the church planners. And there's an uh, Armenian church planner named Ara that uh, Savannah's going to tell you about, that a group of them had a unique chance to spend the day kind of helping paint and do some things in his apartment, spend some time with his family. So I want Savannah to kind of share about that. Okay, so I'm Savannah Richardson, and I am a junior at Hunter's Land this year. So, like, the first work day, we were there Monday, we got to meet Ara, and Ara just kind of told us about his story. He grew up in Iran, and he was, like, this awesome soccer player. He thought that's what he was going to do with his life, and so he was just, that's what he was going to do with his life. That was his plan. He was going to be a soccer player. And one day, he got these two injuries, and his soccer playing was done. Like, he couldn't play anymore. So after that, he realized that soccer playing wasn't his life, and he got into church, which is actually where he met his wife and met. And so he told us some more. After a while, in the early 2000s, he was actually caught smuggling Bibles into Iran, and so he was captured and he was tortured. But even after all that, Ara has, like, the best attitude. Anybody who met Ara could tell you, like, he's, like, the happiest, funniest guy you'll ever meet. He was just hilarious. So... um, Actually, Monday, we broke off into different groups, and we helped um, him put up flyers about those Armenian and Farsi Bible studies. So we kind of, like, prayer walked some neighborhoods and hung up flyers. But then Wednesday, we found out that his apartment needed painting. So me, Leanne, Lily, and Samantha, we all went to his apartment. And it's not a huge apartment, didn't have a lot of furniture, but it just needed painting. He has a little two-year-old daughter who drew on the walls. So we went to help him paint, and Ara had never painted before. So I kind of just showed him how to roll a wall, and he was doing great at it. He was going really fast, and he was patting himself on the back. He was like, everybody tell Ara how much you love him, you know. <laughs> tell Ara how great he's doing. So his wife was in the kitchen, and she actually made us, like, Armenian rice, and it was amazing. But um, she was like, Ara, maybe you should change your career. And Ara was like, being a pastor is not my career. Being a pastor is my life. And that really made me think throughout the trip, you know, Everything that Ara does from the moment he wakes up in the morning to, like, when he goes to sleep is being a pastor. Whether he's leaving his Bible study or just, you know, walking around L.A., he's a pastor. That's his life. He never stops being a pastor. And, like, as Christians, we shouldn't just stop being Christians. We shouldn't just be Christians at church. We should never stop being Christians wherever we go. So. Ara has an amazing testimony. If you go to the North American Mission Board, send Los Angeles website, um, which is who we partnered with. They have some videos of Ara on the website telling his testimony, and it is absolutely astounding. Um, just a, he grew up in a Muslim background, and how he came to find faith in Christ is just really, really cool um, to see how Jesus um, and how the Lord just kind of moves um, people uh, to him. So I encourage you to check that out. We got one last person that's going to share, Andrew Scott. Uh, our soon-to-be collegiate freshman. This was his last hurrah with the youth group. This is going to kind of come and wrap up. Hi, my name is Andrew Scott. I'll be a freshman at the University of Kentucky next year. Uh, go Blue. Uh, so one of the really unique things about this mission trip to L.A., well, aside from the fact that we were like on the complete other side of the country, was that 
uh, we got to meet a lot, a lot of missionaries with really unique testimonies. Uh, like Savannah talked, like Savannah talked about, Ara uh, had an amazing testimony uh, that basically you wouldn't find it anywhere except for just with Ara. Um, another missionary that really, really struck a chord with me. Uh, his name was Nathan. He really he exemplified what it means to give up everything for God. Uh, Nathan grew up in a small town in Oklahoma. He grew up poor, and then he had like a great skill for video editing. He ended up going out to L.A. to do video editing, and he went out, he went out to L.A. to do, to do video editing. He went. <laughs> I'm trying to sort out this. I'm trying to sort out his story in my head just to make sure I get it right for you guys. But he went out to L.A. to do video editing. Uh, he got picked up by. A couple of really, really high-end movies. He worked on one of the Twilight movies. He worked on an X-Men movie. And he did, uh, like, special effects and CGI for those. Uh, he was making, like, $15,000 a month, bringing in really, really good money. He's, he bought, like, an Audi. He was supporting his family really well. He had everything. And then he started this church in El Segundo uh, called Unity Church. And he realized that how could he come to his congregation and say, uh, you need to give up everything you have for Christ, and then roll up in a $60,000 Audi SUV. Uh, he ended up selling selling the Audi, downgrading his apartment. Uh, he bought a little Subaru, he gave it to his mom, and bought like another little, another little car to drive in uh, to give everything to Christ. And now he, now he mainly runs Unity Church and does video editing on the side to make money. Since uh, his church only has about 30 people, he doesn't bring in that much money that can go to himself. Uh, so video editing, uh, movie editing, ends up being his main source of income. Uh, but I think that really, uh, that really shows what you have to do to give up everything for Christ. Uh, that, that's something that really struck a chord with me because a lot of times, uh, I know I do this, but uh, you try to make everything about yourself and you try and think of a way that you can have it all and then say that you give everything to Christ. And Nathan showed that it's, that's impossible to do. Uh, so really, Nathan made a huge difference in my life. I actually ended up giving him some contact info in case he ever had anything to come back out there for. But uh, it really was amazing to go out to Los Angeles and work with all these missionaries, especially Nathan. One closing thought, and then Lyle's going to come. And um, a, lot, a lot of folks have kind of wondered why Los Angeles, why do you feel the need to travel all the way out there? And um, Robbie Pitt, who was uh, the uh, lead man for Sin Los Angeles, he hooked us up on the first day with a, a church in Studio City. Studio City is a, a community of about 45,000. And up until uh, these, there's three guys, and up until these three guys planted an evangelical church in Studio City, there had been zero, zero churches that preached Jesus in Studio City in a community of 45,000 people. Uh, and you think about Dickerson Road, how many churches are we going to pass that preach Jesus between here and Walgreens? A lot. And we've got about 12,000 in Goodlettsville. So you triple that in Studio City. And, and one of the things he said really impacted me. He said, man, he said, here's why it's, I think it's so important for us to reach the city of Los Angeles. He said, because I really believe that if we can reach the city of Los Angeles, you impact the world. 
because there's so much movies, there's so much TV, there's so much music content that comes out of Los Angeles that affects everyone else in this nation. He said if we can get in here and we could reach directors and producers and screenwriters and artists and songwriters with the message of Jesus, then instead of all the stuff that's coming out of Hollywood right now, that might be a change in the direction of Christ if his people can come and impact that city. Um, and I hadn't really thought about it before that way until he said that. But that's why um, I feel passionate about um, our students, feel passionate about the work we did in Los Angeles. Um, that's just a small little bit. We could tell you story after story after story, um, which if you if you want to know more, stop one of these guys in the white shirt sometime in the next couple of weeks and say, hey, tell me about Los Angeles. Tell me some more stories. They'll be ready to do that. Um, but we're excited about the future possibility of partnering with Robbie again and continuing to see what God's going to do in Los Angeles. Um, it was a great trip. Um, the Lord really planted some seeds in the hearts of our students for missions and not only our students, but um, in the communities that we serve. And so, we, again, we appreciate you guys for allowing us the opportunity to go. Um, it was a great trip, and we're excited about seeing what God's going to do with it. Amen. We've already kept you a little bit long, and I'm going to keep you only about 30 more minutes. No, I'm just kidding. All right. Just a couple of things. The Lord is doing some amazing things through our church. Through these young people, God has done some amazing things this summer. And I, over the last few weeks, we've talked about this concept of changing your world. And a few weeks ago I said, if you change your world, you will change the world. But the truth is... God has called every one of us to be part of the Great Commission. And it's not an optional thing for us as believers, whether we impact people here and in the state and in our nation and in our world. It's not optional as a follower of Jesus whether we're going to have an impact worldwide. It is required. And here's what I want to tell you about our church. In the last year, the last year and a half, God has really begun to do some unique and exciting things in and among us as a church. And I just want to pull a phrase from the first week of this Change Your World series. To whom much is given, much is required. I preached for the first time at this church seven years ago in view of a call to be your pastor. And every year for the last seven years, I've talked about the desire for us to be a sending church, a church that takes trips, that sends people. And sometimes people ask me why. And the reality is the reason we go is because God told us to go. And my question for you is how are you going to be involved? Not if you will, but how. And not usually does the pastor wear the three points of his sermon on his T-shirt. Usually the pastor doesn't wear a T-shirt here, right? But I'm asking you to pray, to give, and to go. To see God's word spread among the nations. Let's pray together.